All right, well, thank you guys so much for being here. I am so excited to get into week four of Built By, uh, and that's basically the name of the, the series. It's just Built By This, Built By That, and, and the whole series is based on the book of Nehemiah. If you know anything about Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah was a, a person that was in exile with all of the Jews that were living in Babylon. They'd been taken into captivity. They'd been there for many, many years. And Nehemiah was uh, one of the people that said, you know what, I wanna go back to Jerusalem and I wanna help to rebuild the wall that had been torn down. Because of course, in ancient times, if you had a wall that was torn down and you lived in a city and just this wall was in ruins, that was actually a really bad look, not only for you, but for the God that you served as well. And Nehemiah said, you know, we serve a great God, right? And I don't want our God to be represented by this nasty wall, okay, that's all torn down, looking raggedy. We need to make sure we rebuild this thing and make this look nice because we want to represent our God well, and we want to protect the people that are in the city, amen? And so he goes to the king, he prays, goes to the king and says, hey, this is my plan. I want to go rebuild this wall. He goes back and then shares the plan with everybody. And then last week, we actually talked about they got to work on the wall. We're finally there in, in Nehemiah chapter three. They got to work on the wall. And what did we talk about? It says, next to him, they built this part of the wall. And then next to him, this family, and they built this part of the wall. And then next to him, the perfume maker, him and his family, they built this part of the wall. Next to him, the goldsmith, they built this part of the wall. The, the rich rulers and the religious people of the day, they built this part of the wall. And then the lowly people right next to them built this part of the wall. And what was the point of that message? And what can we learn from Nehemiah 3? is that we all need each other, amen? Like we're all in this thing together. We're not just building a church by ourselves. It's not just me being like, hey, gung-ho, let's do this. It's like, hey, this is for all of us. Every single one of us is gonna benefit from this new building, but every single one of us is gonna benefit from this church growing and being built up and getting in good community with one another. That's why I'm so excited about our groups that are launching soon, because I want you to have that community and not just have a church where we're friendly, but a church where everybody has a friend, amen? So. Let's get to Nehemiah 4 now. We're gonna start this out. And I'm gonna start reading right at the beginning. When Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring these stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what they are building, even a fox climbing up on it, would break down their wall of stones. Listen, these Jews and Nehemiah at, at the head of this start to rebuild this wall, and Sambalat and his buddy Tobiah start to give the Jews a hard time for rebuilding it. They start messing with them, and, they, and listen, let me tell you, I love the Bible sometimes because I think some things are hilarious in here. The sarcasm in this is thick, all right? There is a lot of sarcasm here. Will they finish in a day? You guys really, you think you're gonna do it real quick, are you? Hmm? Yeah? You Jews? What do you think about that? Mm, I don't think so, guys. And his buddy is over here like his, his hype man. He's like, yeah, yeah, you get him, bro. Like, oh, they're gonna do it, right? And he's, they're kind of hyping each other up. And he says, even a fox climbing on it is gonna break this wall. This wall is gonna be awful. Lots of sarcasm in there and, and just messing with them. Here's the deal. I've already talked about it. I think our worship songs perfectly illustrated this point today, is that you're going to face some opposition in your life, amen? 
You're gonna face some times when God tells you to do something or you feel like you need to do something in your life and somebody's gonna come up against it and say, hey, that's a bad idea, not a good idea, or it's a good idea, but you're not the person for it, right? I mean, all kinds of different things. You're not good enough, you're not smart enough, it's not the right time, this, that, or the other, or they'll just make fun of you. They might just have evil within them and they could just be mean people, right? And just say mean things for absolutely no reason. You're gonna have some opposition in your life. Many people, when they come up against opposition, what do they do? They end up being crushed by it. It ends up bringing them down to a place where they say, you know what, like this person says it was a bad idea and so I'm just not gonna do it. Or you know what, they're right, I am too stupid, I'm not too smart, I can't do this, or uh, there's no way that this is gonna happen, or, or I, we don't have enough money, or this, that, and the other, like I don't have the experience for that, all kinds of things. I don't know what that situation looks like for you. But listen, I am not crushed by opposition, I'm built by it. Somebody say, built by it. Now say it like you mean it, say, built by it. There it is, I need the men, you know what I'm saying? Like, built by it. So the title of the message today is Built by opposition. Here's the deal. Point number one, if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do that while you're here, is people will oppose your vision. People will oppose your vision. It's not maybe, it's not a possibility. You will have somebody oppose your vision, especially if it's something that's important, and especially if it's something that has never been done before, especially if it's something that maybe doesn't make sense to the natural, but to God it does, right? Like, people are going to oppose it. For example, a man was fired from a local newspaper for a lack of creativity. And then he had a lot of cartoons, and they were all rejected. They just said, no, they're not really that good. Well, thank God that right, Walt Disney didn't listen to any of them, right? Come on, like he had some of the most amazing cartoons that we've known. And there's a man named Milton. He tried three times to make a candy business work and it was just not happening. It just wasn't working. He pressed through after three failed business attempts and he finally hit it big. Milton Hershey, I think is doing pretty good, right? He did all right for himself. There was a, there was a guy, he went to... 27 publishers, and they said, these books don't make any sense. These are insane. Uh, they're absolute rubbish. And Dr. Seuss uh, didn't really listen to them, you think? I think he did okay for himself as well. There was a guy that was cut from his high school basketball team. I think you might already know who this one is. And all, all the men in the room are like, yeah, like they're talking to their wives like, it's Michael. <laughs> oh my goodness. But Michael Jordan didn't listen to the people that said he wasn't good enough, but he pushed through and he pushed through and became the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Come on now. Maybe some of y'all might argue with me on that. Listen, you're wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> when you're doing something important in your life and when you have a vision that's greater than what other people see for you or what they think that you can accomplish, someone's gonna come up against you. If you do something important, you can expect opposition. So here's the deal, Nehemiah 4, 4 through 6. Let's go a little bit farther in this story now. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. They say, we're despised, they hate us. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. I love that. They rebuilt it to half its height. They didn't stop and they were working with what? All 
of their hearts. So what do you do when people oppose your vision? Uh, and this right underneath that first point there, I want you to write this down. Pay no attention and keep working. Pay no attention to the haters and keep working. Why? Because haters gonna hate. You already know. They just gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. And that's just what is gonna happen in your life. I guarantee it. But don't let somebody with a bad attitude drag you down to their level. Because what you're doing is too important to be affected by people that are unimportant. I'm just gonna be honest with you. There are people that will try to tell you things in your life that have no, you have no business listening to them. You have no business. But yet we let outside voices all the time try to dictate what God wants to do in our lives or what we feel like that God's put inside of us to accomplish in our lives. There are some people that honestly should not have the level of access to mess with your emotions and to mess with what God's plan is for your life. Now, there's some people that are close to us and that really do matter and their voice matters. And sometimes they'll, they'll say things and actually it's not from God, but it's from Satan. They don't realize it. They mean well. We talked about that a few weeks ago. But here's the deal. There are some people that will just be mean just to be mean. And you cannot let those people get you off of the vision that God has for your life. The destiny and the plan that God has for you is greater than any kind of opposition that you could face from people who are just spewing hate. Amen? What you're doing is too important to be affected by people who are not important in your life. If you listen to those people, what's gonna happen? Your heart will be crushed. But if you give it to God, you will be built up. Listen, I am not crushed by opposition. I am built by it. Somebody say built by it. So these people, they said, God, can you deal with these haters? Like, like will you just turn their insults on their heads? Will you just give them up to all this captivity? Like, don't even blot their sins out. That's a really kind of messed up thing to say, right? I was thinking about that for me. Like, what if somebody was just real mean and said something real nasty about our church or something? And I was like, don't even blot their sins out, Lord. Like, that's such an Old Testament thing to say right there, right? But they said, God, will you deal with these haters? Because we're working here. We got a plan. We got a vision. We got things that's going on that you told us to do. So Lord, we're not going to pay any attention to these people that are hating on us. We're just going to keep our hands working. We're going to keep moving, keep going towards the thing you told us to do and trust that you're going to handle it for us. Amen. The next thing that's going to happen to you is people will oppose your success. People will oppose your success. If you want to write that down, that's the next point. We're going to go to Nehemiah 4, 7 through 8. Let's keep going. When Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Here's the deal. People that have no vision for their own lives will always mock people that achieve their vision for their lives. People that have no drive and no vision for themselves and maybe people that you've known for years and you've kind of been on the same level as them for years and years. When you try to take the next step in your walk with God or when you try to take the next step in business or in life or you try to you know, get clean or you wanna start a family and you, know, you all know who I'm talking about, the people who are, are still single and they're making fun of all the people that are having kids and getting married and stuff like that. 
All the people that, that you used to you know, do drugs with or drink with and go partying with and now you're getting clean and now they're making fun of you. You're like, oh, so you think that you're all better than us now, huh? Yeah, is that it? And it's like, no, listen, I'm just taking the next step in my life. And if you don't wanna take that next step, that's fine. But I'm not gonna go off of what God has for me just because you guys are making fun of me. Amen? Listen, this is some real stuff that we deal with. People that have no vision for their lives will always mock people who achieve theirs. Some people will say, remember where you came from? Like people get real famous, they hit it big or whatever. And, and, and some people will get real upset. They say, man, that guy just forgot where he came from. He forgot about all of us. Like, no, listen, I, I remember exactly where I came from, but it doesn't mean I have to stay there. It doesn't mean I have to stay uh, stuck in the same sins that I've been in for my whole life. It doesn't mean I have to struggle with those things. It doesn't mean that, that I can't have a vision that maybe honestly doesn't include some of the people that I've known my entire life. Sometimes God will call you out to do something different and you have to be willing to leave everything that you know to pursue what God has for you. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to pursue the thing that God has for you and not to just be comfortable with the people who are trying to hold you back from success? Some people, they'll see you as a threat when you start to have some success. I'll say, you know what? Like, I, I'm starting to see that they're closing the gaps in this wall here, and I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I'm starting to see a little uh, momentum on their part, and so now we really gotta gather together all these evil people, and they're gonna attack, right? Here's the deal. What do you do when people oppose your success? Right underneath that point that people will oppose your success, I want you to write this. I want you to write, guard your vision. Guard your vision. What does it say right here? It says, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God. And then what do they do? Verse nine, we posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. They posted a guard to guard what they were working on. Here's the deal. We guard people all the time. There's three things that we guard, or we should guard anyway, but we guard people. Secret Service, who do they guard? Well, they guard the president. The, the Royal Guard in, 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 in England, what do they do? They guard the queen, the private security. Who do they guard? They guard the celebrity, okay? Dwayne The Rock Johnson guards himself, okay? He doesn't need anybody. He's, he's fine. He's good. We guard things as well. We guard people. We guard things. That's the second thing. You got a ring camera or a Google camera. It guards your home. Two-factor authentication, while it is annoying, helps to guard your data. Data, if you're a nerd, right? Come on now. There it is. I see him in the back. <laughs> All my data people are like, listen here, pastor. Okay. We guard people and we guard things that are important to us. So we also need to guard something else. And that is our vision. You need to guard the vision and the dreams that God has given you, amen? The words that God speaks to you personally should be guarded with the same level of fervor, if not more, than the people in your life that are important to you and the things in your life that are important to you. Think about that. That is the actual words of God that he has spoken to you. He's given you a promise. Maybe he's given you a dream. He's given you this vision. And yet sometimes we don't even write it down. The Bible says to write the vision down and make it what? Plain. Write it down and make it plain. The Bible also says without vision, my people, what? Perish. 
If you don't have a vision in your life and maybe God speaks something to you, but if you don't care enough to actually write it down and look at it and go for it and protect that thing, guard that thing, don't let anybody derail you from the plan that God has for your life. We guard all these other things so fervently and passionately. We guard our kids. We wanna make sure that they're protected from all these things. And you know, there's bad people out there. And, you know, we protect our home and, and we protect all of our stuff. We protect all these things. And yet sometimes I think we, in the busyness of life and everything that's going on around us, the other things that we're protecting, we forget to protect the vision and the dreams that God has placed inside of us. So we guard vision. If you have a goal, for example, to become physically fit, this is a dream and a goal and a vision that you have for yourself. Maybe it's a God thing that he's been working on your heart. Maybe it's just a you thing. You say, hey, I have this vision, I have this goal. I wanna become physically fit for whatever reason that might be. You cannot let the Krispy Kreme marketing team crush your vision, okay? Because they will try. Let me tell you, I see them all the time. I see them on TikTok. I see them on Instagram. I see all kinds of things that are trying to crush a vision. Uh, maybe somebody's trying to get physically fit and you see that, that, that Whataburger scroll, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh Lord, it's just right around the corner. I'm gonna double meat patty melt. You know what I'm saying? That's some good stuff, amen, right? Hey, who's team Whataburger in the house? Come on, are you team Whataburger? All right, who's team in and out Get out of my church. This is Texas, y'all. <laughs> if you have a vision to start a new business or to take a big step of faith, don't let the first lender that says no to your personal loan request get you questioning if that's the right move. If I have a vision to get clean from alcohol and drugs, don't let those old friends try to pull you back into that old lifestyle. Don't do it, uh-uh because I'm moving forward, I'm gonna have success. Maybe they're gonna oppose my success when they see that I'm doing well for myself. Listen, God is on my side. I'm gonna let God deal with those people and I'm going to pay no attention and I'm gonna keep working to do the things that he told me to do. Listen, I am not crushed by opposition. I am built by it. Somebody say built by it. Thank you. When you tell me I can't, I'll say you're right, but my God can. You tell me it's not a good idea, I'll say you're right, it's a God idea. Thank you so much, thank you very much for that. You can oppose me, but God is for me. So it doesn't really matter if you oppose me at the end of the day, because my God is greater than any opposition that I could face in this earth. Listen, you gotta start telling yourself these things. The last thing is, I'm gonna write this down, point number three is Satan will oppose God's plans for you. Sadie or Pastor Tim, whoever's gonna come up, play some keys here today. Satan will oppose God's plans for you. Nehemiah 4.11, let's go a little bit farther. Also our enemy said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work. What were they doing? They were plotting. They were plotting on them. They were gonna try to infiltrate into the work that was going on. They were gonna try to sneak on in there, little foxes. They were gonna try to kill them all at once. They were gonna say, all right, let's go. And they were gonna kill them and stop the work as it was happening. Maybe not kill everybody, but enough people to where it would discourage them from keeping going. Here's the deal. Satan, what does he do? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your vision, kill your dreams, and destroy God's plans for you. And you cannot let that happen. We will not let that happen. Not for our church, not for my family, 
And certainly I would hope not for you and your family and you personally even. You cannot let that happen. You cannot let Satan get a foothold in your life. Why? Because he is nothing. He has no power over you, absolutely none. But sometimes we think that Satan's real strong, right? All these spiritual attacks coming against me, we get real nervous about it. Listen, just say the name of Jesus. We sang it this morning, I speak Jesus. Sometimes you just gotta say the name of Jesus over and over and over and over and over again until you start to have some faith built up that you with Jesus can conquer Satan and all of his enemies and all these other people that are trying to oppose what he's doing in your life. Like, we don't have to worry. God is on our side. You are not going to be crushed by opposition, but you will be built by it. How do we stop this from happening though? Satan will oppose God's plans for you. How do you stop that from happening? My last point for today, sub point under that one there is stay battle ready. Stay battle ready. Not passively, but actively ready for battle. Nehemiah 4, 17 through 18. Those who carried materials, remember they're rebuilding a wall, they got all kinds of lumber, all kinds of things. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. You have to wear your armor at all times. The word of God says that we are in a spiritual battle. Did you know that? That there are spiritual forces all around this universe, all around this world that are waging war. The Bible says we're not even actually at war against each other. We think that somebody, like you hurt me, I hurt you. That's what we think. But really it's actually spiritual forces that are waging war. You have to wear that armor at all times. They didn't put down their sword to accomplish the task. They carried it on their side as they were accomplishing the task. What is your armor? You might ask. Well, it's great because Ephesians 6 tells us what it is. Here we go. Ephesians 6, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let me tell you guys, when you are in God's will for your life, working toward his plans for you, you can expect spiritual attacks. It's going to happen. You're going to have opposition. Jesus even said it. Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean your life is gonna be all peachy, all right? That's not how it works. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart for what? I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. You're gonna have trouble. You're gonna face opposition, but don't worry about it because take heart. I've already overcome the world. I'm on your side. I'm with you every step of the way. I like to put it this way. Keep one hand on the work and keep the other on the word. Amen? I'm gonna say that again. Keep one hand on the work 
and another hand on the word. What does it say the sword of the spirit is? It's the word. You gotta keep your sword locked and loaded. That thing needs to be ready to go at all times. Keep that hand on the word of God. What is the word of God? It's also the promises of God. It's the dreams and the visions that he's given you in your life. That is the word of God, the things that God has spoken to you as an individual, that he's spoken to you as a family, that he's spoken to us as a church. We have to hold on to those things and that is actually our spiritual sword. But we also have to keep our hands productive too, right? We gotta be working it as we're going. So today, you might feel like that there's a massive opposition in your life. Maybe something that you've been working towards, trying to accomplish, but you might feel like, man, there's some attacks coming against me right now. They might be spiritual. They might be some natural things. Some, most of the time, it's a mix of both, right? But here's the deal. Keep one hand on God's promises and the other hand working his promises. And I guarantee you, you will find success. I want you to say this after me. Say, I'm not crushed by opposition. I'm built by it. I'm not crushed by opposition. I'm built by it. But everybody's staying in this place today. Nehemiah could have let the opposition that he faced in his life stop the good work that God was doing in his life. But what did he do? He wasn't afraid, he wasn't scared. He didn't let it crush him, but he let it build him up. And in fact, I think if you understand who God is and how he works and how he operates and how he's on your side, he's for you, not against you, all these things, you start telling yourself that on a regular basis and you build your own faith. That's what that is. That's what you're doing when you repeat the promises of God from scripture and the things that he's told you personally. You start saying those things to yourself over and over and over again. And you start talking about the, who God says that you are versus who the world says you are. That's some identity stuff, right? Like I'm a child of God. I'm a royal priesthood. Like I'm not a sinner saved by grace. Like I'm royalty, okay? Like, like I understand the sentiment there. But at the end of the day, like God says, we're justified. We are made right. We are holy in his sight. Okay, so like, why are we still dealing with all this stuff? Let's move on and not let Satan lie to us anymore, but let's hold on to what God says about us, not the world. He let it build him up. So don't let anything stop you from accomplishing God's will for your life. Why? Because we are not crushed by opposition, but we will be built by it, Amen. I wanna to ask today if there's anybody in this place that maybe you have been going through it. You know, I mean, when I asked earlier, like have any of y'all ever had some opposition in your life before? Immediately over half the room was like, yep. And probably a lot of you guys, that's current. That's something that's happening right now. And I just wanna take some time to pray with you that you would have boldness and faith to not be worried about all these other things and all the external voices that are trying to crowd in your mind, but listen, that you would focus on the one voice that matters most, and that is the still voice of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you, that is leading you. What does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit is that he leads us into truth and into righteousness. 
And if somebody is telling you something that doesn't line up with the word of God, that's a lie. Who, who's the father of all lies? Satan. Come on, like you just gotta work this out in your own head right now. Like, hey, let's get rid of all these other voices. All this opposition that I face, it doesn't even matter. As long as I'm focusing on the one that can overcome all of it, everything's gonna be all right. So if that's you, maybe you're going through a health battle right now, or maybe you're going through a spiritual attack of some sort, and you can just kind of feel that. Some, some of you, like you can feel when there's just something going on and I just don't feel right. Or maybe you're struggling with some sin in your life that you know, like, hey, I, need, I wanna get over this stuff. I'm done with this, right? I've been battling this for too long. I don't wanna go back to my old way of life, my old friends, those people that are trying to oppose my success, all that stuff. Maybe you're in a new season, a new job or a new business, or you, you're wanting to start something like that that's new and you have this dream inside of you, but you are bouncing up against, you know, we don't have funding for it. And maybe you just need God to give you a miracle in funding and finances. Man, we wanna pray with you right now. I don't know what it is for you. It could be a family thing. It could be a relationship thing. But if that's you and you just say, hey, I, I just wanna get some prayer from you today, pastor. I'm going through something in my life. There's some opposition, but I don't wanna be crushed by it. I wanna be built by it. Will you just raise your hand if that's you? Going through some opposition, I wanna be built by it. Come on, high and proud. Let me see him, let me see him. Ain't nothing to be ashamed of, whatever it is. We don't gotta know, it's all good. Okay, you can put your hands down. I want everybody to bow their heads in this place and we're gonna pray together right now that God would help you to not be crushed, but be built. Father God, I ask you right now, the power of your Holy Spirit I ask that that power would come right here, right now, and would fill every single one of us that is asking, Lord, God, God, I'm going through some stuff. I'm going through some opposition. People are coming up against me. Satan is coming up against me. It feels like the world is coming up against me right now, God. Sometimes it even feels like I'm coming up against me. I can't even fix my own self. And, and there's people that are struggling with some internal sins, there's internal thoughts and maybe depression or anxiety or some other things and they feel like they just can't push past this, God. They're hitting a wall. God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would break them of all thoughts of insecurity, all thoughts of depression, all thoughts of anxiety, all thoughts of I'm not good enough. God, there's so many people here today that they're struggling in their family. They're struggling and their finances, and they need a breakthrough here today. And God, they're asking, they're saying, Lord, would you help me to get a breakthrough? God, I pray right now that you would help them to receive the breakthrough by the power of your Holy Spirit right now. If that's you, would you just say, I receive it, Lord. Say, I receive it, Lord. I receive the breakthrough, God. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna keep my hand on the word. I'm gonna keep my hand on the work. Lord, that's what I'm gonna do. God, would you just be faithful? Would you take care of all the people that are against me? Would you take care of all the people that are opposing my success? And God, help me to keep my eyes on you. That is our prayer today. And I thank you that you're doing it right here, right now, Father. I'm gonna ask one other question today. I know there's a lot of new faces that we've had and I just... I wanna ask, maybe there's some of you here today that say, hey, I need to get right with God. I need to give my life back to Jesus. Maybe you've been a believer before and maybe you've strayed off. The opposition maybe has crushed you for a while. You've been in a place of crushing and feeling depressed and maybe lonely or whatever it might be. You feel, you're just, man, I'm not right with God. I wanna get right with him today. Listen, I want you to be bold. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus before. Let me tell you, it's not a promise that your life is going to be perfect or easy. 
In fact, sometimes it makes your life even more difficult on the outside. It looks like your life is harder, but internally you're secure. Internally, you're able to have confidence. Internally, you have joy, right? Because the Holy Spirit works that thing in you. And it doesn't matter what's going on around you because internally you have God on your side, right? If there's somebody here that says, hey, I wanna give my life to God. I believe that Jesus came as fully God, fully man. He died on the cross for my sins so that I could have life. And on the third day, he rose again and now he's alive. And, and I just wanna celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive, that he's taken my sin and he's thrown it as far as the East is from the West. I don't have to just be this sinner that struggles and all this stuff anymore, but I'm gonna be victorious in Jesus. Come on. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one more time I wanna ask, if there anyone that wants to give their life to Jesus today, would you just slip your hand in the air? I wanna see you. Slip your hand in the air and look right up at me. I see you over here. I see you over here. I see two of you guys right there, right there. In the back, I see you guys. Come on, over here in the back, over here. Come on, I see you. God, this is so great. Thank you, Jesus. In the back over here, I see you too. Amen. Come on, you guys can put your hands down. You know, just for a second, can we just put our hands together for all the people that raise their hands? That's another 10 people giving their life to Jesus today. Come on, man. The Bible says that there's a party in heaven anytime one person gives their life to Jesus. It's the best decision you ever make. It really, really is. No matter what opposition you bump up against for the rest of your life, now you will have Jesus on your side. Like that's the best news that I can give you, honestly. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus did for you and for me, that you don't have to worry about all these other things, but cast your worries and anxieties upon him because he's big enough to handle it. Come on, would everybody in this room just repeat this prayer after me in solidarity with these people that are making this decision? Say, Jesus, today I give my life to you. I thank you for who you are, for dying on the cross for me, raising on the third day and giving me a new life. I am a new creation. I'm not going back, but I'm moving forward. I will not be crushed by opposition. I will be built by it. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say amen and give praise to God in this house today. Come on, he's worthy. Amen. Wow, wow. Hey, thank you guys so much for joining us today at Radical Church. I'm telling you, as a church, it's been really incredible to see we've faced opposition. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. We've had opposition in the past. I've had opposition. I've told stories before about how we started this church. We started it right in the middle of COVID. Did that stop us? Absolutely not, because God gave me a vision for my life and for this church, and look where we're at now. Let it be a testimony to what God can do when you just say yes. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Sign up to be a group leader. Fill out your Connect card. Put it in the back before you leave today. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.